drugs, their side effects, dealing with doctors, medical advances, and a whole lot more on this very special edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 225 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and today's show is going to be a little bit different. It's been a while since episode number 224, and this is going to be related to that because we talked to you in the last episode how I wound up in the ER. And this is going to be a little bit more of a personal thing, but also something that I think people need to understand and consider when dealing with the medical establishment, because I want to talk about side effects and what to do when people just say, yeah, you're nuts. That can't be the case. No way that is causing that. So, yes, when we last spoke, I had wound up in the ER, was released after being told it wasn't atrial fibrillation that I was dealing with, saw my cardiologist who put me on a drug I wasn't really happy to go on, which was a drug to control the rhythm issues because I had been having massive amounts, what they call PACs, P-A-C, premature arterial contractions, I believe it is, which basically feels like your heart is flopping around in your chest, but everybody will tell you, oh no, it's not a big deal. Well, it is when they come in rapid succession and these spells were coming more and more. So more frequency when they were popping up, they were lasting longer. So I thought everything was okay started taking this new drug and things seemed to clear up for a few days. Started again last week on Monday. I did Planet Rage with my buddy Larry. Everything was good. Monday night, this started up again Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. By Thursday night, the palpitations were pretty much unbearable. At one point, filled up the whole 30 seconds of the ECG on the watch with nothing but extra beat after extra beat. I think it clocked in at 125 beats per minute. And I'm thinking maybe I should go back into the ER, but I was also just there two weeks ago with the exact same thing and was sent home with that. And you're not an AFib. Go see your cardiologist. Now, my cardiologist, as I've mentioned, I believe on the show in the past, I brought up to him that while I've had very rare episodes of AFib happening, they had been happening a lot more since I started on a statin drug, which is a cholesterol drug. The one I have been on was Ruvastatin, otherwise known as Crestor. And the cardiologist assured me there was no way that what I was experiencing 
with the palpitations, with the accelerated heart rate, was due to that particular drug. That is when I found that, hey, look, if you're taking a lot of the fish oil supplements, that can do it. So I took those off my list and the issue persisted. So it seems okay. So it's not the fish oil. I was still pretty much convinced that it was the statin, although the doctor telling me, no, 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 it cannot be the statin. So I did the research. And where do you do the research? You go to the internet. And I understand the internet is filled with a lot of bad information. I'm not going to call it misinformation. Not going to get too nefarious about it, but I understand that the information you're going to find about anything on the internet you have to take with a grain of salt and you really need to look for patterns and you need to understand why on websites or other areas of the internet where anybody can post, you don't know what the source material is. So you have to be able to read between the lines. So my wife was the one who comes home last week on Thursday which was about as bad as any of these spells have ever gotten. And she's like, I was just randomly talking to one of her coworkers who mentioned that she was put on a statin and nearly immediately had a racing heartbeat. So my wife's like, I think you've got something here with the statin. So she did a search, which I had done, but I guess I didn't go far enough. Because I looked for the side effects of this particular drug on the drug maker site, which is AstraZeneca, I believe. I looked it up on WebMD. Didn't really see anything about having palpitations or a rapid heart rate or an irregular heartbeat. But after doing a better search, in this case, I guess my wife was better at doing the searching than I was because she found. The page for this particular drug on the Mayo Clinic website, which listed that as one of the rare side effects, the whole bit, palpitations, rapid heart rate. And I'm like, well, this seems to be the answer. This is not a coincidence. And I'm tired of being told that it's not. So this was last week on Thursday which you take your cholesterol meds. You're supposed to take them at night. I normally take them about 10 o'clock at night. So Thursday, when the heart was going crazy, decided I'm not going to take the Ruvastatin slash Crestor. And by Friday, early morning, things started getting better. By late Friday, I was back in sinus rhythm without nary an extra beat. And I've been here before, so I'm not claiming victory at that point or even at this point, but I'm just looking at the data. I'm doing my experiment and what the result has been after stopping the statin is by Friday, sinus rhythm Saturday, took a bunch of ECGs. I love the ability to do this on the Apple Watch and there are other devices that'll let you do this at home. But I love the ability of being able to take that reading whenever I want. So I've done hundreds of these things now 
And when it came to Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, which is where we're at right now, sinus rhythm, not one extra beat. I sent my cardiologist a message on Friday morning through the portal system that they have saying, hey, I believe it's the statin. Here's my latest EKGs, which they were all over the place. I believe it's the statin. So I am going to refrain from taking this. I see you again next week on Tuesday. So basically 10 days after I'm emailing. So I'm like, I'm stopping the statin. I'll see you in a week and a half. If there's anything else you want me to do in the meantime, let me know. Didn't hear back Friday, Monday. I get a message back from his nurse yesterday on Tuesday, which again says the doctor says it's no way the statin causing this. And he wants you to double down on the dangerous drug that they just prescribed me when I was the day of the ER visit. And I responded back with, well, at this point, there is no problem. There is no AFib to control because I stopped taking the statin. And all of a sudden, it was like a light switch and everything has cleared up. Again, I am not claiming victory because I understand I've gone through being in this, being out of this, lasts a few days, then comes back. With that said, from the monitoring again with a beautiful device, whether it's the Apple Watch or whatever you've got, even when I was out of it, I was getting a decent amount of the extra heartbeats thrown in. So while I wasn't feeling horrible on those days, and I pretty much felt 90%, when looking at the heart readings, I could see that there were a bunch of extra beats being thrown in. At this point, while I believe I felt a few, I have not been able to catch one while doing an ECG on the device. So. Again, this is still a small data set, but it would seem to me that this is, in fact, the problem. And reading, I believe it was on WebMD, one of the big drug sites, one of the big health sites, I should say, where you can look up drugs. They allow people to review the drugs. And on this particular statin, there was 600 and some odd reviews that were on there. And a lot of them were absolutely glowing because I'm sure as with any drug, there are a certain amount of people that are like, this is the greatest thing ever. This is the fountain of youth. This makes me feel better. This brought my cholesterol down. This gave me everything I ever wanted. But there was also a lot of people with very negative experiences. And this seems to be the case with most statins. This seems to be the category of drug that there is probably the most debate on because it seems to really go poorly for a small percentage of the population. If you're going to have problems with the statins, you're probably not going to enjoy them. And most of the people that have problems with the statins, including the one I'm on, are mainly muscle-related. And I know I mentioned to the ER doctor when I was having the attack at that particular point that drove me to the ER that it was weird because my calves 
felt sore, which is not something that would normally happen out of the blue. But still, I guess that wasn't enough of a red flag or something to throw up to say, well, maybe you should take yourself off the statin. Maybe you should try something different for the cholesterol just, you know, to make yourself feel better. And when reading all of these reviews, again, there were close to 700 of them. And I think there may have been three or four, very few that mentioned heart palpitations. One was a woman around my age who described exactly the issue that I was having, that this sent her into the ER. She had an erratic heartbeat. She said that looking at on the screen, if you watch when an EKG, a heart monitor is doing, you can watch the heartbeat going. She said it kind of looked like a five-year-old or something scribbling on the screen. And it's like, yes, it's kind of exactly what it looks like because it's all over the place and there's no rhyme or reason to it. And again, she mentioned that she was on the cholesterol drug, the statin, but nobody thought anything of it. She was having these heart issues. Luckily, she caught it really early on where mine didn't seem to start immediately. You know, it probably started a few weeks into taking it. It wasn't like day one. My wife's friend, day one, the rapid heartbeat started. So it's like, well, wow, this is like flipping a switch. I get it. This took a little bit longer. There were other variables, of course, as there are in life. But she caught it pretty quickly, took herself off the statin. And magically, her heart rate returned to normal. No more palpitations, no more irregular heartbeat. And doing the research on this, we believe we're living in an information age because we got the Googles, we got all the search engines, but it was very hard to find a lot of information about this. And I'm not going to go down the rabbit holes of saying that's a conspiracy theory that the drug makers are paying to keep these results off. But we all know that's a possibility. I did find a site that does a bunch of different studies that looks at a bunch of different data. And they had amassed about 130,000 patient records where people said they had side effects from the Ruvastatin slash Crestor, the drug that I was on. And out of that 130,000 or so, the amount that complained of the heart issues, the palpitations, racing heart in that were 0.91%. So under 1%. So I get it. It's a very small subset of the people that are taking the drug have that issue, but it is it is very concerning when you have doctors, cardiologists, ER, where they don't know or they don't believe that the particular drug can be causing the problem. I don't know why the answer wasn't immediately, let's try something else for your cholesterol to knock that one off the list, which would just logically seem to make way more sense to me rather than let's put you on a drug that the FDA has like a black box warning or whatever they call it, which was the anti-arrhythmatic drug. So this is a one step at a time thing, but I want to just make it very clear to people that if you're having a side effect and you believe it's from a drug that you're taking, I mean, obviously, if you 
aren't taking any drugs, you're probably not going to have any side effects. But if you're taking a drug and you believe you're having a side effect, you have to be your own advocate. You have to understand that the doctors are not always right. They may believe they are. The results, the data that they have may say that what is happening to you should not be happening, but that's really not going to make you any better. Because the data says it shouldn't be happening, but it is. And again, this is too early for me to claim victory on this one. But at this point, my little experiment seems to be showing that, yes, taking this particular statin, and this was the lowest possible dose available on the Ruvastatin slash Crestor. Five milligrams per day. I mean, I can barely pick up the pills. That's how small these things are. I mean, I'm a big guy, like 6'6, 280 pounds. This is a little teeny, itty bitty pill. The fact that that small dose of something that is just supposed to help your cholesterol can do so much, it would appear to affect your heartbeat, your heart rate, your heart rhythm with such a small dose is a very scary thing. I thought it was interesting that some of the other side effects that people were talking about with this drug were things like anxiety attacks. And I'm wondering if the anxiety attacks, which seemed way more prevalent than people saying they had the heart issues, because I've only found a handful of people saying they had the palpitation and the heart issues. Way more people saying they had anxiety because of the drug. And I'm wondering how you're measuring anxiety. Because a drug that is affecting your heart rate, I think might make you feel anxious, even without you realizing it, not knowing. Because as I've mentioned in the past, I believe, A lot of people don't feel the extra beats. For me, when I have a PAC, when I have that extra beat happening, I feel it. A lot of people don't. So if you don't feel the heart doing what it's doing, I can see where you can just go, wow, I'm feeling anxious. There's something weird. My body's not doing what I expect it to be doing. A lot of complaints of nightmares, too, which I did not have, which at least that would have been interesting. To be able to have some vivid nightmares. Somebody, and this was only one woman, but I enjoyed the review that said these drugs, these statin, this Crestor slash Ruvastatin gave me violent thoughts. I'm just wondering exactly in the world that we live in today, where people go nuts, they snap, they go on shooting sprees, they run people over with their cars. And that has been tracked a lot on the No Agenda program, which I know a lot of you listen to. And if you don't, it's Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak, twice a week, noagendashow.com. Subscribe to that. You'll find some interesting information there. They've mentioned that a lot of these mass shootings And things like that are related back to people that are on the mind drugs, the things that are meant to, you know, 
keep you sane, help you with your OCD. You want to just take a little Xanax, something like that. I don't even know if they're understanding that this could be the cholesterol medication. Somebody starts taking some Crestor, some Lipitor, any of these statins. If it's changing your brain chemistry and somebody's like, I immediately started having violent thoughts. That is a concern. And that may be a side effect that only affects way less than 1%. But if it affects anybody that ends up acting upon that, then we need to understand the effect that these drugs have. And doctors really need to start listening to their patients a little bit more when they complain of an issue. As I said, with these statins, one of the major things is muscle issues. And people say that it gets so bad they can't walk, they can barely move. There was somebody that had posted that they were in Canada and that her husband had been taking this drug for 10 years and it has nearly crippled him. But the doctor keeps telling him it's important that he keeps taking it so he is. I don't understand it. I feel like a moron that I didn't figure this out within six months and take myself off this drug. For somebody that believes they're having a side effect, massive side effects from a drug like this and continues taking it for 10 years, that is just insanity. But a lot of people, and I'm not somebody that on my normal day is going to be like doctors are morons. No, I believe doctors. I have some good doctors, I think, who have my best interests at heart, but they are human. They're not always going to be right. And the ones that won't admit that they're wrong or won't admit, this is where this is going to be a very interesting conversation with my cardiologist if this problem disappears and never comes back. Because how does the doctor come back from that one? I'm not sure. Telling me once that it's not the statin, continue taking it, stay the course. And then me saying again, you know, wait, but I found this. Here's my data. Here's a link to the Mayo Clinic, which says it's possible that this is happening to people. For you to just say, doc, that no, that's not the case. If it turns out to be the case. And it's going to be fairly easy to prove because I've had six months of absolute torture with this stuff going in and out of just not feeling myself and feeling the heart racing. And then once having the Apple device, being able to monitor it and keep a record, which is also a good thing to have the record of it. But if it does now just disappear once the only change I've made is, hey, I'm not going to take this drug anymore. I'm not taking the Crestor slash Ruvastatin. Well, then how does the cardiologist come back from multiple times saying, nope, that can't be your problem. I don't know if I can trust them anymore. Not because it's a trust issue, because I don't know if you are good enough at your job. If you totally miss this one. I mean, I gave you all of the right information. I told you that here's what has happened since this has started i originally thought it was a root canal gone bad because you hear things you know root canal heart the heart and the teeth are definitely connected and i'm like hey maybe something happened with the root canal i start doing research on that one 
I mean, it wasn't my first stop with the statin. Like, nope, don't want to take it. Oh, my goodness, this is bad. I, I think this is causing it. The sky is falling. No. Overall, I understand that medical science is a good thing and will do a lot of good things. There are some people who are like, ah, screw Big Pharma. Don't like them at all. Well, Big Pharma saves a lot of lives. If you had anybody in your family that's had open heart surgery, anybody that's had cancer, there are drugs that are doing wonderful things and medicine is moving in a way. And we'll talk about that in one second because there was some good news for me also yesterday. But with this cardiologist telling me absolutely no, this particular little five milligram pill that I was put on for cholesterol certainly cannot be causing my heart rate and rhythm issues. The fact that I found anybody online that was complaining of the same thing would say, I think it's possible. I mean, I might be that one in a million guy, but it's certainly possible. And I go back to the same thing as an example. I can sit down right now and have myself a big peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I'm going to be fine. There are certain people that's going to put them into anaphylactic shock, and they're going to die if they don't have immediate medical intervention. So the fact that a simple peanut can kill somebody, but you're going to tell me that a drug can't have a side effect. And then I ran into that study that said about 1% of people were having heart palpitations and rhythm issues out of 100 and 20, 50,000, whatever that was. But 1% out of 100,000, that's a decent amount of people that are having this. It's not like I'm just one person alone having the issue. And I thought it was important to tell this story, not because I want it to all be about me, which I mean, it's fun to do that every now and then, but not about this. I think it's important to know if you or somebody that you love is having an issue that you believe may be because of a drug they're taking. This is also something I highly recommend at this point. Anytime a doctor wants to start you or anybody you know on a drug, get the name of that drug, look it up, understand all of the side effects, understand the reason the doctor wants you to take it, and weigh these things out. And once you know the side effects, if you still believe that taking the drug would be helpful to you, understand the side effects that are possible and watch for them very closely so that if you start experiencing them, you can get immediate medical attention. You can talk to your doctor and say, hey, wait, I think maybe we should try something different because it appears that I'm having a side effect from this drug. And you have to be your own advocate. Again, that's the main thing I'm learning from this. If all I was doing was listening to my cardiologist, I believe I'm still having the problem. And I believe the cardiologist is pretty good at what he does 99% of the time. This is, again, the problem with perhaps these side effects. It only happened to so few people. If the cardiologist, and he's probably 60, early 60s, maybe he's never seen anybody that had this effect with, from the drug. It's very possible. And you're like, well, I've seen a lot. I've never seen this. But it doesn't mean that you as the patient have to believe what you're being told. And do your own research. It is always good to have more knowledge than you need. My dad just started taking a different blood pressure medication. And immediately, 
woke up, felt like his legs were very heavy. Well, one leg, which oddly enough was one of the uh, symptoms possibly listed as a side effect of the drug. Called into the cardiologist. Well, if it's only one leg, it's not the side effect. So go have your regular doctor check you out, which he's going to do. But after a few days, now he's going in to see the doctor. But after a couple of days, that cleared up, which is also possible that it was a side effect. But it was just your body reacting to the drug. And there are some side effects that are minor and will disappear on their own after your body acclimates to whatever it is you're taking. And again, you need to know what the long-term effects are. You need to know what side effects to look for and be able to balance the drug for what positive impact that it can have on your life with the negative impact that it can have. But on to good news. Yesterday, I went in for my normal six-month checkup from my retina doctor. If you have been listening since the beginning of this podcast, and if not, go back to episode one. I had multiple retina surgeries back well before Donald Trump was even president, right before then. That left me with pretty much zero vision in the right eye. I can see a little bit of light, can see things moving around. But what ended up happening was retinal detachment after retinal detachment, laser surgeries, all that which caused so much scarring of the retina that light hitting it's not really making a difference. I mean, it's to the point with it where if you've ever had an eye exam where they dilate you and then they put the really bright light right in your eye and you're like, ah, this is horrible. On that eye, it's like, ah, it's nothing. can barely see the light. But when I went for my checkup yesterday, the good eye, if I can call it that, was stable, which is good. It's been stable now for quite a bit. And the doctor's like, well, I just want to uh, look. There was an issue with the cornea. I've had oil in the right eye now for, you know, again, since before Donald Trump was president, which has kept the retina stable. They put in a, uh, uh, what do they call it? It's like an O-ring in the back of your eye. I forget the technical name. It's been a while since I've told that story a scalaral buckle or something like that, which is holding the retina to the eye. But there is so much scar tissue, again, not seeing really anything with that. While medical technology, increasing as it is, getting better with the things that they can do, my retina doctor told me yesterday that starting next year, I may be possible to get into a trial that is using gene therapy to fix retinas. He said they're doing some great things. People with little or no vision are getting vision back, at least some vision back. Because again, my problem is the retina was so scarred, was unable to function. I guess this therapy, whether it's stem cells or whatever they're injecting into the eye, however they get it there. I know a lot of people love hearing about needles in the eye. It used to really bug me when this whole thing started. I'm not kidding you. When the whole retinal detachment thing started, the retina doctor I had at the time, who I don't think was anywhere near as good as the retina doctor I have now, which again, you go back to picking the best possible doctor that you can, but he was unable to keep the eye 
repaired once the surgery was done. And when I was even told about this and had to deal with it at all, I about passed out. They had to put me back in the chair. It was not fun. I did not like hearing about it. Now I'll joke about it. You know, it's a little bit of the gallows humor, I suppose. But at this point, I'm like, yeah, give me the needle, man. Stick it in my eye. Stick it into my retina. If you can make those cells regrow. It was not what I was expecting yesterday for the visit because it's been about six years now. And we understood at the time it was like, well, we want to save the eyeball. We want to save your eye as much as we can, even though you're not having much functional vision out of it. But medical technologies are getting better. And there may come a time where some of that vision can be restored. And it seems that maybe next year, the year after, whenever these trials are going into effect here in the United States, where they're doing the gene therapy and the retina. So I'm going to need to do a lot of research on this one. But it was really good news because I was kind of just getting to the point where it's like, you know, um, I mean, I people will tell me you're really you're still young. It's like, I don't know. I feel like a really old 52 going to be 53 soon. But I feel like a very old 52 from what's been going on over the last six months. This was definitely good news. And realize, hey, maybe this can actually get better at some point. And just playing the waiting game. And it is a long waiting game. I will admit to that. It has not been fun. But when life throws stuff at you, you have to pivot. You have to do what you can. And while I will gladly sit here and complain about a cardiologist who is probably pretty good at his job for not believing the patient when they're like, hey, I started this drug. Maybe this is the thing. Maybe this is what's causing it. I get it. It's an outlier. And I'm hoping that his reaction when all this is said and done was, wow, I'm stumped. Uh, But yeah, it seems like that was the problem. That is what I want to hear because I don't want to be like, look, this disappeared. You know, it's been three months, six months, hopefully a year. Doc, are you going to admit that maybe it was that statin that was causing it? So I'll gladly complain about that. But the whole medical complex, no, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to say that big pharma and the people that are working for medical advances are bad or they're detrimental because, yes, there are going to be people that suffer. There are going to be treatments that don't work. But for somebody like me who doesn't have vision in one eye at this point, then I want people working to uh, restore that. I want people working on things that can make life better for other people. And I understand I'll gladly sign up for that trial. You know, even if they're like, you know, here, you've got a 50, 50 chance or even less really that you're going to be able to regain vision on this. And the other side of that is, you know, your eyeball may blow up. I mean, it's not really working at this point anyway. So I'm with the medical science. I'm with people that are pushing for the treatments to make things better. One of the other things they're working on, which I think is just fantastic, is that there are people that currently have to get shots in their eye on a monthly basis. The retina doctors, like they're working on this gene therapy stuff where it needs one treatment for life rather than coming in every month. It's one treatment and you're done. So medical science can be an amazing thing. 
if you know or have read anything about these new retinal trials that are coming, which are, I believe, again, next year. He said they've already had to file the paperwork on this stuff, but you have to file the paperwork really early. If anybody has any good sources on that, feel free to get them to me, either Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L, on No Agenda Social or Twitter, or Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at randomthoughts.com. And also, if you have any good sources on how the statins, especially the Ruvastatin slash Crestor affects the heart rhythm and that kind of a thing, if you have any good sources on that, if you're a doctor, I know we have a lot of different people listening to this show. If you're in the medical field and you know anything about this, again, reach out, get me the information because I will gladly pass it along because people need to know what can possibly happen and what you need to do if you have a doctor that continuously just says, no, that's not the problem. That's when you go look for another doctor. If you are sure you're having a problem, you are your advocate. You have to be the one that does what needs to be done. You can't put 100% faith in anybody else. If you are convinced that it is something, then make sure you do whatever you have to do, hopefully with your doctor on board. It would be way better with your doctor on board to be like, hey, dude, humor me. Let me get off this other drug for two weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, and let's see what happens. If your doctor will not go along with that, then it probably is time to look for another doctor. With that said, don't go looking for another podcast. I hope to be back on the weekly schedule, and I am really hoping that next week I can report to you that I have stayed in sinus rhythm without extra beats, without any problems. Because again, I'm not claiming victory after just a few days. This is strictly antidotal evidence, I understand. But the antidotal evidence for me with my problem seems to be, hey, I started this drug last September. By October or November, I was having these issues. The issues continued through December was really bad. The week of Christmas was really bad on Valentine's Day and through January. But Valentine's Day is when I wound up in the hospital where they said, you're not having AFib. Your heart's just going crazy. And you read about what causes the heart to do that. And it's like, well, it's an electrolyte imbalance. It's a drug you're taking. There's very few things on that list. So now I stopped taking the one drug. And it seemed to clear the problem up. We'll just see how long that lasts. So hopefully I'll be back with you again next week with another show at the usual time. But this is a value for value podcast, which means I put the shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. I hope that you get some value out of the show. I sincerely hope that you get some value out of today's show. If just one person that listens to this goes, hey, wait a minute, maybe me or one of my loved ones has been having an issue, and maybe it is tied to this drug, what do I need to do, then it will certainly have been a worthwhile endeavor to tell this story. But there's no paywall, so you get to enjoy it. If you've gotten any value out of it, you can get some value back to us in a few different ways. One, you can just tell a friend about the show. 
You can say, hey, listen to this. Maybe this would be helpful to you, especially if you know somebody who might be having a side effect or a drug issue. Have them listen to this episode. Maybe they'll like it, subscribe, and all that other things. But if you want to help financially, that is always appreciated to help keep the lights on and paying the doctor bills and the prescription bills and all of that kind of thing. And hopefully to have a nice big fund if they want to start sticking needles in my eye again. But if you want to do that, it sounds fun, right? You can go to randomthoughts, R-E-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate. And you'll find a donate button, which is PayPal one time or monthly. You'll find QR codes and wallet addresses. If you want to do the crypto thing, you will find a P.O. box address. If you want to go the snail mail route and you can even go over to patreon.com slash random thoughts. If you're in that ecosystem, no extra material there as of yet. If you want extra material there, well, then start telling me you do and maybe I'll add something. And if you are using a podcasting 2.0 app and if you're not, Go to newpodcastapps.com, grab one, and then you can stream some Satoshis as you listen to the show. You can send me a boost. You can send me a boostergram. Get your message read on the air. It's all a good time. And I do have a few people to thank for today's show, including Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley with his $15 a month monthly donation. The monthly donations are greatly appreciated, Sir Sean. And Stu Coach, who I believe is also a monthly donation, totally not satanic at $6.66. Thank you all the way from the UK there, Stu. Uh, Sir Truck Driver coming in at $5.65, also a monthly donation. Keep the shiny side up as you're out there on the road. At least the weather's getting a little bit nicer. And Bill Honey with $3.33, I believe also a monthly donation. So see, this is the beauty of the monthly sustaining donations. You keep random thoughts going. Hopefully you keep everything from the microphones to my heart in perfect rhythm. And it is very much appreciated for everybody that has helped support the show over the last few years. Everybody that has listened, giving me their time. I know there are a lot of different things you can listen to, and I hope you listen at 1.0 speed because as Adam Curry says, if you start listening faster, then you're not going to be able to catch the deep face. You're never going to know if I go deep fake. With all that said, I will be back next week. God willing, if the creek don't rise, that's what Hank Williams used to say, right? God willing, and if the creek don't rise, I will be back next week for another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 